0: Hi, welcome to Teach Me Biology, our revision podcast for A-level biology students. I'm Ria Corbett and I'm Sarah Matthews. Hi, I'm
1: Rhea Corbett. I'm a science teacher with biology specialism and on Teach Me Biology, I am teaching my co-host and my little sister, Sarah Matthews. Oh dear. <laughs> Biology A-level, topic by topic, to hopefully provide you, our lovely listeners, and probably scared you a little bit there as well, uh, and with an audio revision resource. Don't do it.
0: Yes. Oh, <laughs> pretending to be poorly. Oh, right. Yes. We hope that you... Ugh. Stop it. Do it normal. Yes. sir. <laughs> we hope that you incorporate us into your revision... <laughs> And it's a part of your learning journey, dip in and out, listen to the episodes on your weekly topics, or use us as your audio biology bible. Whatever you need thought we are here. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> right, day
1: three. Mm-hmm. It's Wednesday. Wednesday. And Wednesday. And we're looking at vaccinations mm-hmm. today. So we're going to look at the uses of vaccines, the ethics of vaccines, and just quickly talk about herd immunity. God, I've heard so much about herd immunity. I know, yeah. Well, we'll talk about that today. We, we'll, we won't go into a lot of detail about mm-hmm. like the politics and things like that, but okay. we, we can talk about what it is. So far, we've done non-specific and specific immune responses. Obviously, the specific immune responses, the cell-mediated and the humoral, is really important then that we can take advantage of that process for vaccinations, and that's what we will be covering today. So just quickly review the process as quickly as uh-huh. we can. So we have phagocytosis, yes. Which then that phagocyte turns into an antigen-presenting cell and presents the antigen. The T, the Mr. T cell, helper cell. The T helper cell comes along. Comes along. So the specific T helper cell comes along, that binds to that mm-hmm. particular and then antigen, and it makes more, clones itself. Well done, and goes off to activate T cytotoxic T cells, killer cells, killer cells, and they kill the pathogen by making Stagnet. holes in it. That's right. And then it also activates B cells. What? I
0: was going to say. Go on. The memory and the plasma.
1: Yeah, that's right. (laughs) So it activates B cells that have also attached to the antigen and are presenting it. And the T cell says, yeah, that's the right one. And then, as you say,
0: you make? Memory cells and plasma.
1: Exactly. So the plasma cells make antibodies. So specific antibodies. They make antibodies. That were complementary to that antigen. And they form an antigen-antibody complex, and that kills the pathogen, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and or destroys the pathogen. And then the memory cells live on, waiting for further
0: destruction.
1: Should we ever have that pathogen
0: again?
1: Exactly. So first of all, it's important that we discuss the different types of immunity. Okay, so we can have active or passive immunity, Mm -hmm. and we're going to talk about what those are. Passive immunity means that you don't make antibodies. They are put into your body, injected into your body to help you fight something off very quickly. A vaccine? No, because a vaccine is injecting the pathogen, dead or weakened, or an antigen into your body so that you do make your own antibodies. Basically, antibodies are injected into your body from an outside source. They might be from blood donors or they right. might be made specifically, so like, this is why scientifically made in a lab.
0: When people have had coronavirus... They specifically ask you to donate your blood because it's got antibodies in it? Yes.
1: Okay. So quite controversially, Donald Trump, when he had COVID-19, he had a special treatment of antibodies given to him. Right. That would be donor blood
0: Mm. containing
1: coronavirus antibodies that were injected into him so that he could use those antibodies in his body to fight off corona. So you're never exposed to the pathogen or it's a preventative measure to just in case you have been okay slightly different with the, the trump thing because he actually did have it and yeah. he test positive for it so the antibodies are not made by you okay so i'm saying lots of facts right now i'm not really telling you mm-hmm. anything examples are so that like the natural way of having passive immunity is actually just when you are in in the, in the womb from your parent so sorry from your mom so you can have antibodies passed to you through the placenta from your mother or through breast milk from breastfeeding, they, that contains mm-hmm. antibodies. You haven't made them, but your body will have them for a couple of weeks. They will last in mm-hmm. your body to help you in your early stages when your immune system isn't really built up yet. The sort of artificial, because so that's natural, the artificial way is things like, so examples are, say you cut yourself really deeply and you went to hospital with it. Tetanus. You would be given a tetanus jab. Now that is just in case the bacteria is is in the wound and it is antibodies that will fight off that bacteria very quickly just in case another example is rabies if you're bitten by a wild animal that has rabies so i guess bats and there's quite a few animals in america i think if you're bitten by one you have to go and get a rabies shot shot they call it yeah that would be antibodies from blood donors just to make sure that you don't develop rabies because you might Mm -hmm. if you've been bitten by an a rat or something so that would be artificial another example is anti-venom if you're bitten by a snake so that is also something that will it will be antibodies that will bind to the venom to get rid of the venom in your blood system and interestingly ebola they used this for a number of years they used this kind of method for a number of years until it became prevalent again in 2013 where they actually then developed a treatment for ebola one that didn't involve this so they they did this for right. victims then but the key things for passive is that you're not making your own antibodies so you're not going to have any memory cells it's all going to wear off eventually all those antibodies will be broken down and you'll have no way of making any new ones because you never had memory cells but it's immediate and quick so it's a way of having a very quick fight off against like say mm. tetanus rabies then you've got the active where you actually have come into contact with the pathogen and you are making your own an- antibodies so that's active immunity so the natural active immunity would be if you actually do contract a virus or a bacteria and poorly and get poorly and produce antibodies mm-hmm. and have memory cells or the artificial way to induce that is vaccination you are coming into contact with the pathogen, but it's weakened or dead or just the antigen or whatever. You won't suffer any symptoms. You won't feel poorly, but you are making antibodies because your body is still reacting to it because it's not supposed to be there. It's a foreign antigen, alive or dead. Your body doesn't know that. It just fights it off. You're going to make memory cells. So you're going to have long lasting immunity through this way, but it will take some time. They're the this, this sort of key types of immunity that you need to know for your exam.
0: Active and and passive.
1: Active and passive. So active... You get poorly. You you get poorly. Passive, you don't get poorly. Unless it's a vaccination. So vaccinations themselves, as we've said, so it'll be an injection or sometimes even a nasal spray, which kind of... For the flu. For the flu, because that replicates how you would have contracted it up your nose sort of thing, Mm -hmm. yeah? So if you're asked what a vaccination is or to describe what is a vaccination you'd say it's dead or weakened or inactive pathogen or antigen it's really important that it's clear that the vaccination contains a pathogen the, or an antigen the 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 actual antigen yeah because that's the bit that your body responds to mm-hmm. that's the bit that will trigger that specific mm-hmm. t helper cell it has to be that antigen so it has to contain that and basically a vaccination is a way of you having your primary immune response to make memory to make memory cells exactly without getting ill so obviously vaccinations are only going to be for diseases that might be fatal or cause severe polio severe issues like yeah like disabilities things like that you've got meningitis and measles and all those things because they're they're really dangerous so we want less and less people having the chance of catching that and having those Mm -hmm. those issues in the long term you wouldn't have a a vaccination for chickenpox because it's not deadly. It's spots and feeling a bit poorly for a week or so. Yeah. There's very, very rarely that you have any long-lasting issues from that kind of virus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you want to get that primary response out of the way. If you then do get the virus or bacteria in the future, you don't have to spend any time at all going through that primary immune response and actually getting ill while your immune system is dealing with it. And going through that whole cell mediated humoral response to get the antibodies which could take a couple of days and in the meantime it's dividing and you're getting ill because it's killing your cells and reducing root toxins so how do
0: these things if this if they vaccinated everyone right against measles how does measles still survive because people don't get the vaccination
1: which we'll talk about later you've heard of anti-vaxxers yeah that's the, the the problem maybe say 10 years ago there weren't hardly any cases of measles in england Mm -hmm. but there are now because Because people people aren't getting their children vaccinated yeah and that's why it stays around we'll talk about that in a minute so as we talked about last week when you actually then do encounter that virus for real or that bacteria whatever pathogen it might be you're only ever going to have your secondary immune response which is your memory cells cloning Mm. to make plasma cells which will release the the antibodies. antibodies but remember what we said it's faster and a greater quantity of, of antibodies the second time around. So you fight it off. Well, I shouldn't be saying fight it off, but you'll kill the pathogen mm. a lot faster than you would the first time around. And you won't get ill because of the time it takes it's so much shorter. Mm-hmm. It, basically, a vaccination is just you having your immune response to something that isn't actually causing you any problem. So if you're asked how a vaccination works or how a vaccination stops you from having that disease, you have to talk about your immune response. So you have to talk about the antigen presenting, the T cell, T helper cell, cloning, activating the B cells and so on. So vaccinations overall reduce the occurrence of the disease in the in a population. Anybody that's not vaccinated, so whether that be because they are a baby and babies aren't vaccinated straight away, So they have a few weeks or months where they are vulnerable or it might be somebody that has left themselves vulnerable because they haven't been vaccinated. They are protected because they are less likely to come into contact with somebody with the disease because the majority of people that they come into contact with are vaccinated. And that is herd immunity. So herd immunity is protecting the unvaccinated by having the majority of people vaccinated. So you're less likely to come into contact with the person with the disease. As you just said, there are reasons why diseases aren't eradicated. There's only one disease in this whole world that's been been eradicated, and it's smallpox.
0: Oh, really? Because
1: it was easy to eradicate it. Because, I say easy, I don't know that it was, but it has been eradicated, because in a lot of cases, the vaccine was almost like giving somebody antibodies from another person's body. So it was a bit like artificial passive passive like just giving people the antibodies i think that's how it started Mm -hmm. but i don't think the r value for smallpox is very high is very high so i think it was it was easy to get on top of it
0: so you can't spread it well
1: it it doesn't it didn't spread Mm. that easily not very
0: transmissible
1: yeah but it's horrible if you do what happens
0: if you get smallpox I think
1: from what I know, it's an awful rash of like lumps and bumps on your face. And and obviously with that, you must feel very ill. You must get all your usual kind of symptoms. It's not nice. And I think fatal, but I'm not an expert or anything. So there's obviously, there's no other disease that's been eradicated because there's just so many issues now with vaccinations that people take issue with. Specifically, there's a lot of immune suppressant people that have had transplants and things like that that have to take immune suppressant drugs so a vaccine won't work for them anyway because their immune system is being suppressed so that it doesn't attack the transplant organ that they've got so if you take immune suppressant drugs then it stops your immune system but from doing that
0: if you took immune suppressant drugs that would mean that you would be more poorly
1: you are vulnerable to lots of other things other pathogens mm-hmm. but you're alive you just have to be really careful do you have
0: to take them drugs for the rest of your life? Uh,
1: for the rest of your life and i don't think they're very nice either i think you get lots of other side effects from them as well
0: When we think about that when you think about someone getting like a transplant you just think wow they've got a transplant
1: and they're alive so one reason why not everyone gets the vaccinations or why things aren't eradicated is is that reason so
0: it's oh, not right. fair enough not
1: everyone gets the vaccine because they can't always have it and then you've we've just had the coronavirus vaccine started to be given out haven't we
0: yeah and kind people of.
1: that are, very allergic to things yeah. uh, have epipens and things like that aren't allowed that particular vaccine because because, because it will, they will make them ill
0: allergic reaction to it yeah
1: so there you have a selection of people that will never but, get so the vaccine so an allergic
0: reaction is basically like if you're allergic to peanuts right if you ate a peanut it would think it was a pathogen or something yeah so there we have a selection of people that will never get
1: the coronavirus vaccine so are vulnerable to coronavirus and then will pass it on to people close contacts and Mm -hmm. things like that so spreading it we've also got antigenic variability happening particularly with viruses They easily mutate so that's That's why every year the flu vaccine is always based on different flu strains whatever's prevalent from the year before because virus mutates so easily that different flu strains are constantly coming into the forefront yeah so antigenic variability means that it mutates so much, it mutates in a way where the antigen changes. So if you fall off flu one year and you've got memory cells to that strain of flu...
0: The next flu you ain't going to have. The next
1: flu has a different antigen, which your body doesn't recognise as being anything to do with the previous strain, so you will have your primary immune response to it and you're not protected from it. There's also issues with people that actually catch the virus very, very closely timed with them actually getting the vaccine so if you receive the vaccine and then the same day contract the virus you are gonna get ill yeah because your body has had no time to go through any Mm -hmm. immune response some diseases are so placed that they're not easily accessible with vaccines so like cholera for instance which is, in developed countries, quite a big issue with dirty water. So cholera is a bacteria that lives in dirty water and is passed into people. So if you think you drink the water and the bacteria lives in your gut, well, that's not easily accessible with a virus.
0: You know, if you're immune to something, right, can you still pass it on?
1: No, because your body can never be infected. Then why are some people called carriers? That's Genetics. It's very different. So if you have a genetic disease whereby you need to inherit it from both parents, but you only inherit it from one parent, you're going to have the chromosome, one chromosome in your body for that disease, but you won't have the disease because you didn't inherit it from the other parent. But you can possibly pass that chromosome you do have onto your children. And if that combines with whoever you have children with also having that chromosome, it's possible you can pass that onto your child.
0: So it's nothing to do with immunity. Nothing to do
1: with this because that that these are genetic; Mm -hmm. they're genetic diseases. It's a good question. And then you've got anti-vaxxers who refuse to get vaccinations for whatever reason. Now, it might be that they believe conspiracy theories about vaccinations because they're not, dare I say it, very well educated. Or it might be that they have religious concerns or general ethics about vaccinations for different reasons. There's lots of ethics surrounding vaccinations. We'll go through as many of them as we can now. So ethics are moral principles. So the rights and wrongs of vaccinations. And unfortunately, there are lots of ethics around vaccinations because it's not always fair. And when you're trying to come up with a way to prevent people from getting ill, testing it and going through that process of trying to come up with that final vaccine, lots of people are going to get ill and die possibly in the meantime
0: while you're, you're safe
1: exactly, particularly with testing when vaccines are first started being made, it can take a decade because of different steps, so for instance, you know if if you're developing a vaccine, you've got to get some money, you've got to get some back in, that could take a while, and then you've got to do the first steps, and so on. but all vaccines have to go through the same clinical testing that that drugs do. So there's like four phases, and it starts with sort of laboratory testing, it moves on to cell testing and um, like organ testing and all those sorts of things to see if they, if it kills the cell, then it be, oh, we go back to the start and start again. Then it's on tissues and it's on organs and so on. And then it has to be on people. People, it's sometimes animals to start with, so animal testing, and then on people. So you will test people without the disease first, and then you will test people with the disease next. There's so many stages and imagine the number of people you've got to do this to and all, and all the rest of it. The animal testing is straight away an issue for some people. They don't know why that has to happen and there's there are a lot of ethics surrounding animals being treated in this way and being unnecessarily killed because of the side effects of different vaccines and things like that. So that's the first sort of ethics. When you move on to testing humans you have to have a control group if you've got healthy volunteers, they've signed up for it. They're probably getting paid for it. If something goes wrong, they've wavered their whole way of saying, like, oh, it's OK. You know, they can't come back and say this bad thing happened, but hopefully it hopefully gets to that point. Nothing too bad will happen because they've already tested it on quite a lot of different right. things. So, also, like I said, if you've got healthy volunteers, there shouldn't be a problem. And like you just said with your little sign that no one can see because yeah. this is ears you're signing your life away almost yeah but if you're then testing people with the disease you have to have a control group do you know what that means
0: something they're not ch- changing or something
1: because you're testing the toxicity and you're testing the how effective it is i can't think of the word whether or not it works or not i can't think of the word or say the word right now how effective it is but we'll i have to just go with that because i can't remember the word if you're testing those things if it works on the people that have the disease, you have to have a control group. And that means the control group will receive a placebo. So they are not receiving the drugs. They think they are, but they think they are. They don't know if they are or not. And that's usually done through double blind trial. So the, whoever's administering the vaccine doesn't know who's getting in, who it, who doesn't. Yeah. Okay? OK, so there's no bias. But that comes in itself, some ethics, because these people have a disease that might be
0: fatal, you know real severe disease and you are they might genuinely testing. believe they're going to get sorted yeah but they might have been given the placebo
1: people that are really susceptible to it you give them the vaccine and this might really work but who decides that because in the meantime these people are dying or mm-hmm. might die or get really ill or have life-changing things happen to them who decides that do you know what i mean mm-hmm. and that's the ethics around it I think this was a bit of an issue as well with the TB vaccination. So like the BCG, if people are already quite immune compromised, so their immune systems don't work. Yeah, it actually makes them really ill. So there was a lot of debate about whether it was worth it, whether it was worth it as well. Well done. Yeah. And then the other thing about that is children. You have to know how it works on all different ages in a way, don't you? If there are side effects to this vaccine that you don't know about and you're administering it to children... Mm.
0: This is like the thalidomide thing.
1: Yes, exactly, because the thalidomide thing wasn't tested. The drug for thalidomide wasn't a tested drug because they never had those tests in that time. It was because of this that they became really rigid about their clinical testing Mm -hmm. for drugs.
0: Why would you give a vaccine to somebody who's already got the disease if... I thought you had to give a vaccine to somebody so they would never get the disease. Yeah,
1: so I suppose I was a bit wrong there. So through drug testing, it's the drugs you would give to healthy volunteers to make sure they're okay. And then to people with the disease that the drug's supposed to cure or treat. But with vaccines, like with the coronavirus, you're not going to give the vaccine to people with coronavirus as that last trial, are you? Mm. But you are going to have to give them coronavirus to see, to see if, if the, the vaccine, vaccine works. works. OK. So you've still got that stage of who do you choose yeah. to be the people that you give the virus to and not the real yeah. vaccine. And as we're saying, like with children, you've still got to see if it works on children. So you've got to sort of make sure it protects the children when it's administered. So you've got to test it on children. So who do you decide? Whose child who gets... chi- Who's going to do that? Yeah. It's a lot of ethics, isn't there, surrounding mm. testing. And also in developing countries, there's a lot of issues with vaccines in developing countries because you can go to those countries and you can test the vaccines on the people that live in the developing countries, in the local communities. But what if something goes wrong and there's no infrastructure to give the health care to the people that get ill mm-hmm. from this, whether it be side effects or the actual disease? And the other thing is they were giving out malaria vaccine in Mali and they were testing it on different people in the community. But many of the participants, they just they didn't understand what they were doing. They didn't understand what they were involved in. They agreed to something, but they didn't really understand what. So they didn't understand that they could withdraw from the study if they wanted to. They didn't understand that there might be side effects to this and they might get ill from this and there's just lots and lots of like issues surrounding it and communication in developing countries can sometimes be quite difficult i think especially surrounding such scary things and then another one that i was looking at today is the hiv vaccine that they're trying to develop that just sounds like an absolute nightmare i thought they had developed something well it's so complex getting to that point because like if i was to say to you people wouldn't want to take part in it because of the stigma of aids what would that mean to you
0: it would mean that they used people used to say that you couldn't people didn't want to touch anyone exactly. who had, had had AIDS. They yeah. didn't want to drink from the same glass. So imagine like
1: the psychological issues that the people that were part of the testing community would have if they were discriminated against because they were part of this particular mm-hmm. test. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like all that horrible stigma related to HIV and AIDS is horrible, isn't it? And then what then happens when your participants screen positive for HIV because the vaccine didn't work? (laughs) And the healthcare, (laughs) the appropriate medical care and counselling and that had to take place. Hmm. It's awful, isn't it? Yeah. And then you've got the issue that maybe some people might not understand what what they're a part of and think that they're protected and go out and cause risk to themselves by doing the activities that are most causing you at risk of getting HIV. All the ethics surrounding that just sounds horrible, doesn't it? A completely different ethics issue with vaccinations and testing them is, or or just vaccinations generally, is is access issues. All lives are equal, aren't they? All lives are of equal value. So everybody should be able to have all the opportunities to be protected against a, a particular thing and receive a vaccine. But that just doesn't happen in this world. Even something as simple as a vaccine shortage in a developed country, like in November 2000 to May 2003, in America, eight out of the 11 childhood vaccinations were in a shortage. So there wasn't enough vaccination to vaccinate all of the children that needed it. So who decides who's going to then not be protected and be vulnerable to those diseases? It's awful, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And it's the same now, I suppose, because we're going through this now with corona, and people have to make decisions about who gets, who gets it. it first. And, and they're giving our it to all people. Our country in the UK are giving it to people who are, is it 85 or above? 80 and above, I think. 80 and above. So the coronavirus is currently being distributed to people who are 80 years old or above. And it could be a long time before just everyday, normal, healthy, younger people mm. get the vaccine. And, and who makes that decision? I think as well, if children that come from sort of low-income backgrounds... They're less likely to be vaccinated and people whose parents just don't care. Don't don't understand. Don't understand, you know, that sort of thing. In America, if they don't have the health insurance, they can't get the vaccinations. And there's that kind of, is that fair, Mm -hmm. you know? There's also, if we've got those kinds of issues here in developed countries, think about then the undeveloped countries because there are lots and lots of diseases that are prevalent in, in the undeveloped countries in this world that we probably wouldn't even hear about. We would be shocked to know that was still a problem. The vaccinations, the actual testing and the development of those vaccinations, just no one cares. It's taking too long because people just aren't invested enough because it's not a developed issue, a developed country issue. And I think that's awful, isn't it? Even when you do have a vaccine and it is developed, there's no infrastructure to then have your widespread vaccinations happening. The biggest issue, and I think the biggest issue in developed countries, is this idea that people just take real umbrage with vaccinations. Again, you've got people who are maybe not as educated, maybe believe this conspiracy theories about different things. The biggest one is that they think their kids are going
0: to get... um...
1: Autism. Autism. So there was a big case of... His name was Dr Andrew Wakefield, and he had this scientific evidence all this data that suggested that the MMR vaccine was related to kids developing autism, and it was fake, and it was awful. It just has lived on. Like, he still goes on telly sometimes. And
0: what, on and these different c- continues
1: things. it on? Continues to sort of, like, say that this is true. And there are With people no that believe, evidence people or proof. believe it, and there is no evidence or proof. completely unfounded he had a little in there with people whose children developed sort of symptoms of autism around the same time that they had the MMR and then where they made the link so people will go with that oh the the risk to my child being vaccinated is greater than the risk of my child not being vaccinated because everybody that's vaccinated will protect my child anyway you know Mm. they think that actually having their child injected with that stuff is going to make them ill Mm -hmm. and that it will be worse than the disease that they actually catch and I think in this day and age we don't know what those diseases are like we don't have anybody getting them and catching them so people that really believe that don't really know what they're getting themselves into and when their child does develop measles they're like oh my god my child's going to die because I didn't do this there's lots and lots of reasons people can give but can usually be scientifically batted down hopefully if you listen to the Science Versus episode on anti-vaccination or on vaccination, it's, it's really good. It gives you lots of really good insight into why you should get your children vaccinated or you vaccinated against things. In America, a lot of the states try to make vaccinations a mandate. So... No, it's, not, it's not
0: mandatory here, is no,
1: it? No, no. So in the UK... But most people have it. Vaccines are always, always voluntary. You do it, you sign up, you go, or you don't. It's mm-hmm. up to you. And there will be no comeback if you don't. But in particularly in America, some American states, a lot actually, they will say, right, well, your child can't go to school then because you are then putting others at risk. That can bring about lots of ethical issues. Autonomy, just you being able to say for yourself, I'm going to do this or I'm not going to do this, suddenly becomes taken out of your hands Mm -hmm. and there's no liberty there. So that can cause issues with people. So even though it's like a public health issue... People don't like being told what to do, almost, mm-hmm. as if it were. Right. And, and especially if they have further ethical issues with it, religious religious they, issues, that sort of thing, with particular vaccines. Um,
0: I wonder how they go about distributing vaccines in America, because obviously here they do it in schools. Yeah, they do it
1: in schools or in GP offices, like your babies have to go. And, you know, it, it's checked that yeah. you do, and there's health visitors and things like that that just check that you're protecting your children.
0: but it's quite good to do it in schools really because then the parents haven't got to go out of their way to get it done all they need to do is sign a form exactly
1: but people genuinely do have existing medical or safety evidence that is being presented about a vaccine or they have religious beliefs and they don't support vaccination they might want to exercise their right to not get vaccinated or to get their children vaccinated and they can't do it and they don't like it but that will have an impact on public health really i found a few examples today when i was looking this up one of the biggest ones was the hpv vaccine
0: hpv for cancer cervical Cervical cancer
1: yeah so you've got a vaccine that protects us against human papilloma virus which is a sexually transmitted disease it's an std and it's linked to cervical cancer and not just cervical cancer it's actually linked to quite a few cancers Mm. so vaginal anal that sort of thing and if you get this vaccine you are then you're protecting yourself then against possibly developing these cancers, mm-hmm.
0: or passing it on,
1: or passing it on. Boys have yeah. to have that now, exactly. As well. Yeah. Various U.S. states try to make that a mandate, and because it's like one of the most recent ones, and it came up against quite a lot of people saying, actually, no, you can't do that. Think about who it's administered to. So it's administered first of all, administered to girls that are roughly a sort of twelve or thirteen, twelve to thirteen, so eleven to thirteen-year-olds mm-hmm. girls. That was how it was first done. And people had issues with this because... They said they were too young. Too young to get a, a vaccine so against transmitted a sexually substances. transmitted disease. <laughs> because if your religious belief is abstinence until marriage, then it feels like it's are almost encouraging sexual activity. Other religious things are real hardcore, this is against God's will. If people are going to die from these diseases, they're going to Let die from these die. diseases. You can have real hardcore religious views against vaccinations. And believe it or not, human rights with that HPV because it was only given to females and not to males. So you had have a gender inequality issue. Mm-hmm. But obviously since they've sort of said right now it should be given to boys, which should have always been given to boys, because it would have reduced the transmission to girls. Even though it doesn't affect them, there's no symptoms and there's no consequences for the boys. But at least they're not going to be passing it on through unprotected mm. sex to girls that it will affect. So it makes sense, really, doesn't it? The uptake for HPV is very, very low in America. So they mustn't be administering it in schools. It must be your choice to go and have it done at the doctors. Right, Okay. I was also looking up other things and other sort of religious concerns because I kept reading, oh, there's religious concerns. And I was like, well, what are they? And do you know what I found out? The MMR vaccine contains pork gelatin, which helps it to be stored safely and effectively. Mm -hmm. But it's not halal the islamic community they're forbidden from eating pork products there was like a big thing saying we can't have the mmr because it's against our religion i was like what amazing isn't it Mm. because i'd also read that some sort of fundamentalist sort of leaders were trying to sort of tell their communities that vaccinations were a way of sterilizing muslims and not to get it so i was like oh here we go oh okay And then I read this and I was like, oh, well, maybe that's not true. Maybe that's another lie. Looked it up and it's actually on the NHS website that it contains porcine gelatin. So pig skin. And then it it was interesting as well that all the states in America allow vaccination exemptions through medical issues. So things like immune suppressant and different things like that. 48 allow religious exemptions and then 20 allow philosophical reasons. So like... I'm an anti vaxxer
0: sort okay. of thing, you know. So it's not really mandatory, is it? Well,
1: I suppose not, but you'd have to say why, whereas in this country you don't have to you say anything. Have to say, you just don't you just don't fill the go. form in yeah, you just don't turn up for it. Yeah. It's not an issue. Well, it is an issue. It's a massive issue. It's a massive issue, but it's not a problem for you. You just go along and just yeah. don't go along. <laughs> and i was just going to say a little bit about the coronavirus vaccine if you okay. again if you're interested coronavirus isn't it's an rna virus they have sort of a 30,000 va- the vaccines that they 30,000 needles yeah. I won't go into it but the the vaccine that they've made is the first of its kind i believe they isolated the rna and they basically just wanted the codes for the attachment protein. So they just wanted this little section of genetic material that codes for the 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 spike protein, the bit that has to go on the receptor. And they bound it in small lipid droplets. So they're hiding it, basically, from the body until it gets into the cell. So the injection contains, like, little fat globules with the RNA inside, and a cell will take that in through the membrane. And... You unfold it, so you take the lipid away, the cell the lipid away and then the RNA is exposed and your body will start to copy it, translate it into proteins. That's what your body does if it's got a piece of RNA, particularly mRNA. It will start to read it and it will start to make the protein from it. Your cells will make the attachment protein and then your body, or your cell, sorry, will digest it down into little antigens and present that on its surface. The t helper cell will come along and be activated and the whole immune response will mm-hmm. take place without you really being bawling. And it That's seems to be quite effective.
0: Yeah. But it only lasts six months?
1: At least three months, I've read. There's so much like information out there that you just... Nothing concrete that you can say this is exactly what it mm. is. Uh, three months is, is sort of what they're saying is the minimum that the antibodies that you make will last.
0: But long. how come there's no memory cells? Well,
1: that's what I mean. The memory cells will last.
0: Okay. Yeah. It's, it's crazy, isn't it? Mm-hmm.
1: Right, should we do some exam questions? Okay. Because we talked about so much there. Right, a lot of exam questions about vaccinations are data-based. They love, love data and disease. So we'll probably have to do a separate episode on data and disease just to really do that properly. Okay. But this is really the content, isn't it, of how, what a vaccination is and how it works. So we'll just do those questions. I've got three. Is that all right? No. <laughs> I'm getting
0: tired too. Right. What is a vaccination?
1: Two marks.
0: Vaccination is when you give somebody the pathogen and antigen or antigen. Mm -hmm. So they have a response, but they don't get poorly. Okay. So
1: what is actually injected into the person? Antigen. The antigen. And then what do we want out of it?
0: We want memory cells.
1: Perfect. Two marks.
0: Okay. Question two.
1: Describe the difference between active and passive immunity. Do you remember two years ago yeah. when we talked about yeah. active and passive immunity?
0: Passive, Five marks. Passive immunity is when you are... Usually you already have the disease. There's a or, chance you might yeah, have it, yeah. You could have Yeah. It and they will give you a very quick dose of antibodies that will help fight it off in case you have it. But you won't have a response in which you would produce memory cells. Yes, good. And a active response is when you catch the thing, you actually get poorly. Your body has an immune response, and you actually produce memory cells.
1: Yeah, good. So I reckon from what you've just said, probably about three marks. Okay, Fair just days. with the whether or not you make the memory cells or not we've uh-huh. got that correct and the the fact that you're given a dose of antibodies that aren't from your body you didn't make them you're given a dose that would be another yeah. mark yeah good so active involves memory cells passive does not so you'll make mm-hmm. your own passive you don't make any you don't have any and active involves production of antibodies by plasma or memory cells which you sort of said didn't you mm-hmm. Passive involves antibodies being introduced to the body from the outside. You definitely said that. Active is long-term, okay? Mm-hmm. Whereas passive thought is that. short-term. <laughs> did say it, though. Passive is short-term because antibodies are broken down. And basically then the active will take time to develop, whereas pa- passive is fast-acting and immediate. Question three. In the UK, children are vaccinated against bacterial meningitis. Describe how a vaccination can lead to Protection against bacterial meningitis. Six marks.
0: So they give you a vaccine of the antigen, and then your body will have the secondary.
1: So we need to talk about that, don't we? We need to talk about the response that leads to. So you won't get poorly. Yeah, we want the we want the science behind how the vaccine works. So So the antigen's
0: in your body. The antigen goes into your body, and then it gets presented. Yes. And then your body has to find the make the antibody against... Right. You've missed out a whole big section there.
1: <laughs> so we're presenting it. Yeah. What's the first cell to come along when we're
0: presenting it? The T helper cell. Perfect. And then that produces, clones itself. Yeah. And it makes something else as well. Clones itself
1: and it activates. Um, so we don't need to talk about the killer cells, do we? Because this is just, we want to get to the memory cells. Okay. So the T helper cell will activate the correct or the specific B cell.
0: Okay. The B cell. And then the B cell makes the memory in the plasma. Yes.
1: Good. Well done. Yeah. Better. <laughs> <What> <laughs> Better to, from you. What do plasma cells do?
0: They uh, make antibodies. They make the antibodies.
1: Yeah. Okay. Good. There's quite a few quest- past questions asking about the same sort of thing how does a vaccination lead to protection against this disease?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It doesn't matter what the disease is, the process is always the same
0: mm-hmm.
1: and in, in a lot of cases actually the mark scheme is not always the same, it's not like a standard mark scheme where you could say, if you get a question on vaccination, always say this, always say bang, this bang, always bang, say bang. this, because some of, the, some of the mark schemes wanted sort of, oh it's an injection of, a, of an antigen as your first marking point whereas this one didn't want that Right. So you you don't know whether or not you just write all you know. Yeah. You know. Okay. To 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 cover all bases. But get that key in the key information you really want is that the correct T helper cell is going to bind with it that as it's being presented that is going to divide and clone itself and it is going to activate the correct and specific B cell. B cell. And that the B cell is going to then divide into plasma cells and memory cells. Memory cells will stay in the body for future infection and the plasma cells are going to make the antibodies if you really get this disease the second time around memory cells will divide into plasma and more memory but effectively the second lot of plasma cells are going to be faster more, more antibodies and more antibodies there's your key bits of information so our wider reading for this month and specifically this week Is The Beautiful Cure. It's a book by Daniel M. Davies. It's a really easy read. It basically just talks about all the pivotal moments in history that covers different discoveries about our immune system and all the important concepts. So, yeah, give that a good read. Shall I do the roundup? Immunity refers to an organism's ability to resist infection to a pathogen. Immunity can be either passive or active. Passive immunity involves antibodies introduced to your body from an outside source, as you are not necessarily exposed to the pathogen. This can be either natural via a placenta or breast milk, or artificial via antivenom following snake bites. This type of immunity does not produce memory cells, so there will be no long-lasting immunity. But... The protection is immediate. Active immunity involves producing your own antibodies. Again, this can be natural when you are infected with a pathogen or artificial via vaccination. This is long-lasting as you do produce memory cells, but it is slow to take effect. Vaccinations are injections of an antigen or dead weakened pathogen to stimulate an immune response, but with no infection. A typical primary response will occur, leading to the production of memory cells. If you do contract the real pathogen in the future, you will have a secondary response whereby the memory cells divide into plasma cells and more memory cells and the plasma cells will produce a greater quantity of pathogen much faster than you would so you will not show symptoms or transmit the pathogen to close contacts. Vaccinations lead to herd immunity. This means those who are not vaccinated should be protected as they are less likely to come into contact with an infected person. There are many ethical issues surrounding the use of vaccines which we have discussed today. Got any takeaways?
0: There's active and passive Brilliant Passive is where you don't have memory cells made yep. And active is when you do So you will be immune to it Yeah, for a long time Really good, yeah And the vaccines, you should have them Yeah, <laughs> you really
1: should But we're not preaching
0: If you want to contact us You can go to teachmescience.co.uk That's our website You can drop us an email if you want that is teachmebiologycast at gmail.com. And we have Twitter, then that is teachmebiocast. And Instagram, which is teachmebiologycast. So get in touch if you want to have a chat, talk to us about your revision, if you've got any further questions. Yeah, just... Mm-hmm. Have a good Wednesday. See you tomorrow on Thursday. Ter- Thursday. Thursday. Is that the bell? Yeah, that was the bell. Oh, thank God, I'm starting to feel really poorly, not having a joke this time. Really? Feeling really pathogeny. Lots of active immunity going on there. Oh, God. <laughs> like, maybe even a temperature. Do you oh know, I was God. reading about temperatures. Not really reading it, I saw a meme. <laughs> 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 when I say I've read about something, what I actually mean is I've seen a meme about it. Yeah. It was really funny because like, the first bit was like, oh, raise your body temperature to fight off the whatever it is. Mm. And then and it was said, because it can't last in this high temperature, whatever it is. And then it was like, wait, but I can't live yeah. in this high temperature. <laughs> Exactly, <laughs> Exactly. your body can't either. Yeah, which is so funny. Yeah. But that was it. Um, I love that. I'll see if I can find it. We'll post it on the <laughs> socials. Yeah. Uh, my name is Sarah Matthews. And I'm Rhea Corbett. This has been Teach Me Biology. We will see you tomorrow. Tomorrow. Well, we won't see you. You will hear us tomorrow. You will hear us tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. bye, bye. bye, bye, bye.